Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going really well, Shay. We had a happy holiday. No rest for the third party, though. We're back at it. Never miss an episode. Can't miss an episode. Someday we'll take a vacation. Who knows? Maybe. But today we are doing a fun episode and finally remastering a legend. One of the originals. We're going with lifeline today it's going to be really exciting before we do that though we want to make sure you join us on discord to chat apex find teammates and receive third-party updates link is in the bio also really awesome update we are hosting our first ever private lobby in apex legends first offer is to patrons so check the link in the description join our patreon Um, you can get in for just a few bucks a month this is something we've been looking forward to for over a year and a half at this point so really excited to make this finally happen we're working close to the respawn so it'd be awesome to have you come join us there'll be some prizes there'll be some chatting with shay and i we mm-hmm. don't know how many bells and whistles we're gonna end up with but <laughs> if we get a solid turnout we're gonna pull out all the stops it's gonna be so exciting i'm absolutely like thrilled I mean, I don't know what we're going to do if Henry and I will be competing in it yet. I think it depends on how many patrons want to play. But uh, if, if you see us out there, we're, we're not going to hold back at least. So hopefully nobody <laughs> will either. <laughs> yeah. With that, though, let's dive into some news. First piece of news. So Respawn tweeted recently about some changes coming to high levels of ranks with the goal of guaranteeing competitive integrity uh, and the kind of benefits and improvements they're making are improving netcode when you fight a player with a bad connection to their server and they recently tested a soft region lock for masters and preds this is kind of like the news that came out it's not a heavy news week but i kind of wanted to bring this up so we can revisit this question that we kind of had with Emray when he was on the show talking queue times would you wait longer to have a more balanced match if you had a whatever it was a region lock or even more of a skill lock on your matches essentially to improve the competitive integrity as they're kind of talking about what's the breaking point maybe for too long of a wait yeah i think that we've talked about it before that we are supportive of waiting a little bit longer to have better skill-based matchmaking it seems like the early data coming back from this region lock looks Mm -hmm. really optimistic in at least a way that more players are playing within their region meaning that there's less latency there's better Mm -hmm. connections and that is probably a better more enjoyable experience the hope is that the matchmaking continues to improve and adapt as player bases increase and as technology increases as well as we get more support for consoles and all that fun stuff and for anyone pushing back on like why wouldn't people want to have region lock essentially the argument you hear from people and people that play at the very high level is that certain regions have more cheaters in them and so they need to play in different servers so they can get away from the cheaters and that's an issue they're working on themselves as well so i think it's like you got two sides of it and if you can fix both of those you're going to have really healthy servers so hopefully hopefully nobody complains though like that they get locked in the future if they get locked with 
cheaters per se, but it's been a while, yeah. I think, since we've had the big cheater complaint in Apex, but it, it comes around once a year, so stay tuned for 2022. <laughs> Next piece of news, though, Alliance Hockey is a pro player tweeted in response to a suggested suggested bubble nerf that gives the bubble a limited amount of HP. Hockey's like the idea, but kind of recommending something closer to 2000 HP on the shield would be great. Uh, He ended up saying this change would not affect casual players. It would only affect the game at the highest level. What do you think about that? Gibby main like highest level only 2000 HP. You think this would completely not change anything about how I would personally play Gibraltar. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we've spoken with Hawkus a few times about coming onto the show. He's a massively strong player in the EU. Um, this idea about giving the Dome Shield hit points has been circulating for well over a year. And you think about where Gibraltar is right now in the professional scene, honestly dominating in mm-hmm. what is a completely different, like, pro environment than it was Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the online tournaments and the ALGS. We look all the way back to a Pathfinder Wraith Watson meta. Now Mm -hmm. the most popular team composition is Caustic, Gibraltar, and Valkyrie. Like Mm -hmm. couldn't be different in playstyle and legend choice. Um is this change necessary to shift that meta? I don't know if this would be enough to move the dial, Um, Mm -hmm. but I can tell you that the dome shield is a very sensitive thing. If you like take the actual duration of it and decrease that further, I think you lose a lot of the power taking Mm -hmm. it away from being able to get a revive inside and hit a battery or hit an entire Phoenix kit while within the dome. But honestly, I'm biased. I'd love to get your thoughts on it, Shay. I think a Gibraltar meta isn't a horrible meta. Being able to have a legend that can stop fights, kind of drag things out, give you a chance, I think is good for everybody because it kind of seems to me like a support meta, which I think is probably better than a Wraith meta. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind the Gibby meta at all, like personally. And as someone that very rarely ever plays Gibby because you know I play with you you play Gibby I got some other ranked people I play with and I have someone else that plays Gibby so I just having them as my teammates I don't mind at all playing against them it's not a huge deal either I think if you are going with the mentality of we just want to shift the meta at some way shape or form eventually as the game tends to do as it grows and evolves and they never want things to stay quote-unquote stale in the uh, pro scene I could see this being a pathway to doing that with Gibby. I don't think 2000 HP does anything. You got to have multiple people shooting full clips for that to make a difference. I think, I think in the example video he was responding to, it was kind of like one of those uh, modded versions of Apex where they showed the example. It was around like 500 HP. So I think something more in the middle, you'll see an actual maybe change to how things would work. But 2000 HP, like, that's not going to change anything. There's no reason where you would start lighting up the gun shield with your entire team and actually have it make a huge difference. I think at least in my opinion. So I don't know, there might be better ways. I like messing with this though, more than kind of what you mentioned messing with the time, because I think that there is this pathway to it only affecting comp and not affecting pubs per se, which is really good because we don't want Gibby's to be hurt in pubs at all. He's got a very low pick rate amongst the general public. So he's a tough line when it comes to 
I, I guess, nerfing or side grading, however we want to go about it. Yeah, it's definitely tricky. My obvious fear that we've been sharing on the show for the last season or two is if Gibraltar is changed, he'll be changed for ranked. And those few people that play Gibraltar in pubs mm-hmm. will suffer. But they're a tiny minority. So it sucks. But we, that's we don't probably the direction to... that we'll go. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I He's one to monitor for sure going into the future. We've also been saying that for a couple seasons. So maybe they are cool mm-hmm. with it. So uh, it, it's definitely one to, it's always interesting to talk about. Uh, last piece of news though for today, uh, there were some hints towards the next legends from our guy Ace, ACU. When asked about the wallhack meta and the fact that a lot of legends coming into the game recently have had some sort of scan or reveal, Horizon's ult, Fuse's ult now, Valk's skydive passive, Seer's kit in general, Ash's passive, Ace responded by saying he's not a fan of this, but then went on to further say that I'm pretty sure the next character also has a wallhack ability. Could be wrong, definitely could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. Gotta love that. That makes a ton of sense. But keep in mind that Ace did have some insight into last season's legend. Uh, and so that's something to think about when we when we look towards the legend's abilities in the future. What are your thoughts? Getting more scan abilities into the game, per se. Are you on the, oh, this is a toxic wall hack meta? Does it hurt the uniqueness of the game? Do you want something else? I'm curious where you stand. If we look back at the journey the Bloodhound has been on, I think it's very easy to say it is okay that we've had a strong wall hack meta. And the reason that I believe that is true is the time to kill in Apex allows you to react. So getting that information is incredibly valuable, but it's not oppressive. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, it's never been oppressive. You know, if you say Fuse's ultimate is oppressive that allows you to reveal people within the ring if they're in a building. Mm-hmm. It's not really, you know, like there isn't a major causal effect of you can see somebody, they're insta-killed and they have no like reaction to that. So I think historically it has not destroyed like the foundation of Apex. And I think it's because of the time to kill that allows Mm -hmm. you to have reaction. Even if somebody sees you around a corner, yeah, they're going to know to shoot but you're going to have the time and you have the movement and you have abilities to counter that intel. Yeah. I do not think any of these reveals that we have right now are oppressive. And building off what you're saying, I look at them more as accessibility things, being able to see people through fire, through a black hole. That's just a necessary thing to have for the ability to be useful. Um, And so I think that if we have abilities come into the game that need something like that, I'm fine with that. I am cool with maybe getting something further away from a quote-unquote reveal or wall hack meta, though, just so we can stop talking about it in terms of adding a new legend to the game. I think, like we're saying, we're totally fine, but let's add something new, different, potentially, rather than mix it up. And when we talk oppressiveness, Seer, obviously, rough story, getting nerfed into the ground, the most oppressive part of his ability wasn't even the reveal. It was the flashbang that he all of a sudden had at the start of his kit. So it's like... Is the wall hack meta oppressive? I haven't felt that way, at least playing this game and really ever. So maybe maybe I need it, though. Maybe I need that Bloodhound scan. I do love me some blood, so who knows? But I think it's something to keep in mind, and we don't really have any leaks really on the next Legends abilities yet, uh, but Ace is someone that we're pretty confident gets some playtesting early on stuff like this. (laughs) Yeah. 
With that though, let's head into the main topic of the day, Mastering the Legends 2.0 Lifeline. And since the beginning of the podcast, one of our most popular and favorite episodes has been Mastering the Legends. We finished working through all the legends in the game, and since we started, a few legends have undergone a lot of changes. We want to make sure everyone out there with a main has an updated version of Mastering the Legends for them to listen to, for your favorite legend, really. So we're going to be, from now on out, mixing in some remastering the legends as we go through the regular mastering the legend segments and starting off today we're going with a legend that has undergone a ton of change and is an absolute fan favorite lifeline henry and i have both mained her for long since of time i'm excited to talk about her this episode's been on our list for a while now ready to talk about lifeline though today (laughs) i very much am we're gonna start with some lore get some nice background on Lifeline themselves. And so AJ Che was born into a rich family on the planet of Samathe in the Outlands. Her father, Darion Che, is the CEO of Chevrex Incorporated, and her mother, Teresa Che, is an important member of the syndicate. Lifeline grew up around her family until learning that her father's company, Chevrex, made money selling weapons to both sides during the frontier and civil war. Once learning her family fortune came from war profiteering, AJ left Samathe for Solus with Octane to get away. She even joined the band as a drummer, hence the drumstick heirloom. After going home to Samathe while on tour and confronting her parents, she left home once and for all to join the Frontier Corps. When the Frontier Corps was at risk of losing all their funding, Lifeline decided to join the Apex Games in order to save money for the Corps. Lifeline has no problem engaging in the popular blood sport, or so she tells herself. She may seem sarcastic and callous, but deep down she wants to help people and make the world a better place. If that means taking a few people down in the process, so be it. Lifeline's such a great legend in terms of lore. She's had such a cool story, and one we've gotten to explore a fair amount so far coming into the game. Yeah, I think that she's a really great personality. You know, the Mozambique here is iconic. Totally. And- she's definitely if wraith is the face of apex lifeline is probably the heart you know like she like has that. a really mm-hmm. good person like you have pathfinder who is you know awesome in his own right mirage is the comic relief but lifeline is a really awesome original character that lore wise i'd love to explore more you know mm-hmm. where's the town takeover i need it yeah, i want yeah. it like let's do it Let's get drones everywhere. That'd be really fun. Yes. I like that. Yes. Um, as we talked about, this is remastering the legends because the legend has undergone a lot of changes. And so we want to, before we dive into the abilities and talk about, you know, how to use the passive, how to use the tactical, how to use the ultimate, how to play lifeline, we're going to go into some balancing history uh, just to kind of recap things. Early on in Apex, Lifeline was a very strong legend, and as we mentioned, a fan base favorite. She got hit with some nerfs, like zero chance of gold armor in the care package, and then the infamous low profile early on. But later in Season 5, she got her first rework to return some of that uniqueness to her kit, as Gibraltar had taken away some of that combat medic role. The quote, side grade, turned out to be a buff for her. Um, Auto res with the shield gave her a spike in pick rate and power. That was also the time she lost fast heals, which was this interesting dichotomy of people complaining about it, but the actuality of it being that she was performing a lot better. Four seasons later, though, she was giving another rework, removing the shield, buffing her tactical and ultimate, and then she lost low profile, got her hitbox changed a ton as well, and remains in a quite powerful state currently. So we're going to be talking about the final product, not really touching on the journey anymore in terms of the mastering of the legend. But it is interesting to see how much change she has undergone since the start of Apex Legends as a whole. 
yeah, tons of changes to all three abilities. And it's so interesting to see what defined her early on is now completely gone from her yeah. kit. You know, having fast heals and a faster revive is no longer a part of it. Mm-hmm. But it's also crazy to think about the change of the ultimate that it's been yeah. tweaked and improved over time. But to think that early, one of the first balancing changes to Apex Legends ever, before there was even a balancing team, was removing any chance that you would get gold armor from mm-hmm. her ultimate. Now, you're like almost guaranteed gold armor yep. in order to mm-hmm. upgrade. So it's pretty funny. And it's even more comical because way back in season zero, gold armor was not even good. So no, it was the you needed funny. to finish someone to get the shields back. It was yeah. So I think that's funny. She's been on quite a journey. It's quite interesting to see. Uh, I'm excited to talk about her because she doesn't get a ton of uh, attention on our show, and we don't talk arenas right now. And so uh, she's one that, like we said, is a fan favorite. We've played her a ton. Excited to dive into her. Um, and Henry's going to lead us through the abilities, some tips and tricks, and uh, overall, hopefully, we can teach our lifeline mains out there how to play her at her best and at her peak currently, and maybe teach a friend or two how to play lifeline if you have a fellow lifeline main on your squad. That's right. So we always kick it off with the passive, kind of laying Mm -hmm. the foundation for mastering a legend. And the great thing about lifeline is that the very beginning, she was really defined by the fast heal passive, one of the best passives in the game. Don't worry. She doesn't have that anymore, but the passive she does have is one of the most powerful in the game still. So mm-hmm. you lost the function, but kept really the power, I think, in a different way. And so her passive is combat revive. Deploy dock to revive teammates, leaving lifeline free to defend. Now quickly, fun fact, dock, lifeline's drone, stands for drone of compassion. I so, love that. Mm-hmm. Little healthcare, happy go lucky. We like it. Um, Doc is definitely a favorite among the drones in Apex. People are begging for skins for drones just because of Doc's existence. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much true. Pretty much true. Um, but essentially, in order to use this passive, you interact with an Oct teammate to begin a passive revive. And this is going to take six seconds, which is the normal revive time. Mm-hmm. It's no longer faster than normal. Um, Gibraltar is the only one that has a faster revive uh, underneath the dome shield. Another really awesome thing about this passive is that you can revive both teammates at once. So you can pop one and pop the other. You don't have to wait or do a manual revive on the second one. The passive works for both teammates. You can also um, have this passive revive canceled by an enemy team this can happen if the drone is silenced or if lifeline is silenced then she has to do a manual revive or um, the actual dock drone can be destroyed by bullets or ordinances Um, so you kind of have to look out for that and we'll get to the placement of that as well I've always thought that was funny. Like in terms of like if I'm playing against a lifeline, if I'm going to shoot at the person being revived, I don't think I got to knock out that drone so that way I can yeah. finish them. Kind of go straight for the person instead. But I do like that it's a feature for sure. <laughs> yeah, it definitely you can't interrupt the revive. Um mm-hmm. which is definitely something to watch out for, but it's hard like you said. It's definitely easier to aim at the body. Um but lifeline has another passive. 
um, which we think is pretty interesting. Maybe it's overlooked, maybe it's misunderstood, um, but she has the extended supply bins access. And so for blue extended support supply bins, there are two extra compartments that have drops. And they don't include knockdown shields, but you can find some great stuff in here. You got heels, you can have attachments, um, and it's an extra trickle of loot that definitely adds up over time if you're playing Lifeline. It's normally those small heels that I feel like add some value, but I still remember when this first came out and our very first supply bin was two purple mags and we were like, most broke ability to ever exist. And that was maybe a wild podcast episode because then we got a little bit of a return to norm after that. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely still a chance for those good attachments, um, but it's it's a pretty cool passive that a lot of people have said could be expanded to other legends, most notably Loba, um, but it's pretty strong. So don't sleep on the extra supply bins. For sure. But some tips on using the combat revive passive. Number one, do not res and run. It's the biggest downfall mm -hmm. of lifeline players when they have a down teammate, they're behind cover, and they run out into the open, hit the revive, and then run back behind cover. And then their teammates get fried. Mm -hmm. It's really, really sad. It's really frustrating because it's kind of the opposite of what your lifeline should be doing. Should you wait until your knock teammate crawls behind cover or you stick the res and you stand the ground and you defend the res? It's mm -hmm. really important to do that. Well, you're like, you are categorized when you're playing lifeline as a combat medic and your ability is called a combat revive. It is not a revive and run you have to stay in combat to get the most out of it and yes there will be times when you pop that res and you die trying to protect the person that you're resing but let's be honest here if that's the case odds are you weren't going to kill the team by then running away and kind of trying to recover essentially so stick in the fight and you're going to actually be able to get some of those reses off and not have teammates really frustrated that they just got resed and abandoned and finished really quick yeah, and you touch on a really good point about just this broader broader idea of running away. You know, when you have a kit like Lifeline, there's not much you can do to overcome, you know, a disadvantage being mm -hmm. down a teammate. The best thing you can do is correct that imbalance by using this passive. Other mm -hmm. legends, Gibraltar, Caustic, they use abilities to kind of turn the tides. This is her ability. This is what you need to focus on, not repositioning, running, mm -hmm. focus on this passive. Well, and, and I'll build off that a little bit more before I let you keep going in just that she is such a unique legend in that she has the opportunity to turn a fight in a way no other legend can in the game. But when we're talking about getting a six second res off, every second matters. And so if you are four seconds away from your teammate when they go down versus being right on them and instantly being being able to pop the res those three seconds those four seconds that it took for you to start the res can make all the difference on if you're going to actually have a chance to recover from that really horrible situation so lifeline unlike maybe any other legend in the game needs to stick onto her teammates I don't, I don't know what metaphor we want to use but you got to be stuck onto your teammates as close as possible 24 7 yeah, and that leads in to really the number two tip, and that's deploy the revive really quickly. And that's going to come down to your positioning and where you mm -hmm. are relative to your teams. 
but you need to use this passive again to turn the tables in a fight. Once the enemy gets a knock, Lifeline should instantly be hitting the res because it's likely that the enemy took damage. So now the Lifeline is forcing a fight to either have the enemies allow you to res and reset while they heal themselves, or you have an enemy who is potentially damaged, potentially cracked, coming out mm -hmm. of fully healed lifeline that has two targets, and they kind of have their attention split, and they're weak. Really good situation to be in, and is only pulled off if you start the res instantly. Mm -hmm. and, and something we talk about with lifeline is sometimes you're going to put somebody in a disadvantaged position disadvantaged position just because you're popping a res they might push you with only one gun fully reloaded instead of having two and those are the kind of like little in-fight advantages that she actually gets from this ability that are not direct abilities in combat advantages yeah next tip is going to be positioning lifeline's passive is her most powerful ability Therefore, in order to master Lifeline and her kit, do not be the first into a fight. Please. Mm -hmm. Her playstyle is combat, support, medic, not a high mobility fragger. You can't res if you are the first to be knocked or even the first to be cracked. Mm -hmm. This requires patience. You can't be the pierce of the arrow going into an enemy team. You might want to, but without mobility, without offensive abilities, without defensive abilities, you're not outfit for that. You don't mm -hmm. have the tools. Your enemies are going to outperform you just based off of that. So be number two, be number three into the fight mm -hmm. in order to maximize this passive. It's quite disappointing when you're playing with some teammates and uh, your lifeline is the first one down, to say the least. And that's why you got to really understand your positioning and play style when you pick this legend to master. Yep. And last little like important tip here, obvious, gold backpack, lifeline, always, every single day, no Number question, mm -hmm. use it, love it. That's where you can really amplify the power of this passive. Um, and really, that's unlike any other legend ability that kind of requires or is massively improved by a rare loot item. So it's a really cool thing. Gotta definitely prioritize it. Another thing that we were testing a little bit uh, before mm -hmm. recording this episode is you actually have the feature to cancel the automatic revive passive. This is one that Shay and I have never done in game, <laughs> not in arenas, not in BR, not in ranked, nothing. Um, but the function would be to allow your teammate to use the knockdown shield to protect them. So if you're doing the automatic revive, you can't detach because you're not doing it manually, but you can detach remotely and allow yeah. your teammate to protect themselves. What do you it's think? A, it's a weird ability. I, I've never used it. I can't think of uses for it. Like we tried to kind of think about like, a, is there a late game situation where you need the knockdown shield to play instead of reviving? Maybe, but that's like the only thing we could think of. And even then it's like never seems too practical. This is something that it's important to know that you have the ability because you might accidentally do it, but I can't <laughs> imagine a lot of situations where you're going to actively start canceling the res. And yeah, and real quick, I'll say on the gold backpack too, I just think it's an interesting note. Like there is no other legend in the game where I will like 
actively take an item like that over any weapon attachment or anything. But so if you're playing Lifeline, mm-hmm. that gold bag, that's more important than your gold mags on your guns at, to a oh, certain yeah. extent, which is absolutely crazy. And like you said, unlike any other legend in the game, it's so unique and really cool. Honestly, I, I do like the idea of gear truly impacting legends in their like impactfulness. Yeah, it's a pretty cool feature. And just last thing on canceling the res, if you have to cancel the res, you're probably playing Lifeline wrong. So you have to cover the automatic revive. The ability to shoot while reviving is not there for an option. It is there for a requirement. You must be shooting at the enemies and covering your down teammate. So you don't want to be in a situation where you want to cancel that action. Before we get into the rest of the episode, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Tactical time. And of course, with the tactical and lifeline, we got some numbers to share with you also uh, with the healing, which is always, I think it's a nice comparison. It really illustrates things. Yeah, this this tactical, I really like. I think Mm -hmm. that it's pretty cool. It doesn't get a ton of attention, even from lifeline mains, in my opinion, Um, but it's quite cool in its different functionalities, applications, and the numbers behind it, I think are pretty attractive when you really break them down. So the tactical is the Doc Health Drone, again, Mm -hmm. automatically heals those near it over time, and it has a 45-second cooldown as the sticker price. However, we do some analysis, and we do the true tactical cooldown here. Mm -hmm. It's actually 25 seconds because it begins the cooldown at deployment and the deployment of the tactical lasts for 20 seconds. So really you can have a doc drone out every 25 seconds. Not too bad. Mm -hmm. Um, Historically, this tactical has been one of the longest cooldowns um, in the game. And based off this true, true cooldown, it's not actually. So you can actually use this a lot and lifelines should. Yeah, this was one of those uh, standouts. And Lifeline mm-hmm. in general, and we'll touch on it on the ultimate, she's a standout that really benefits from breaking down the true cooldown of abilities. And that's really something important to note because a lot of people will tell you that is one of her huge negatives as playing her. And it's really just truly not the case. Yeah. So the kind of breakdown on how this tactical works, um, it, you can gain health from it if you are within a three meter radius of the drone. So you can really have to be tight on it, but that's how you activate it. And then the rate at which it heals, those around it, is eight hit points per second. And that maxes at 150 health points or a maximum duration of the 20 seconds. So whichever comes first. Interacting with the tactical has a couple fun things to point out. Number one, you can't move or punch the drone around anymore. You used to be able to kind of move it along with you as People it healed you. Mm-hmm. Can't do that anymore, folks. Um, you also can't use this tactical in the ring anymore to heal w- while inside the ring. It'll be destroyed after two ticks, which is super, super fast. Um, like back in the day, this is a great strategy. Now we're in a very weird space in terms of how we approach uh, ring balancing with legend abilities, but a lifeline does not counter the ring. Um, A legend that does counter this tactical is Caustic, actually. Um, His gas in any form, tactical or ultimate, counters the drone completely. It cancels the healing ability. 
um, and then it will do damage to whoever is inside of it. So it really doesn't like the opposite of the scientific health legend lifeline <laughs> from Caustic. Um, Crypto's EMP also destroys the drone. Um, but the most fun thing right now, I think, is that you can place this tactical on a trident and drive around while healing, um, which I think is pretty cool just because the whole team is very close. You can do it. The driver can get healed, which is something that I can't do while driving. Um, so this is a pretty cool one. It's one to note for sure, especially with the latest map being introduced to the game. More tridents. You got to know all the trident info out there. Yeah. So we talked about this is a cool tactical, underused. The cooldown means that you can use it a lot. Normally, mm -hmm. that means you should. Um, but what's the reward for using this tactical? You know, healing. If we have loot for that, why would we want to mm -hmm. use an ability? Um, you know, if we break down each item and we look at the health per second, syringes, the weakest. You know, you got five hit points per second. Five seconds to use a syringe, it gives you 25 health, not super efficient. Medkit, on the other hand, gives you 12 and a half health points per second. Much, much better, much more efficient, and you can get up to 100 health from using a medkit. Now the dock drone is sitting in the middle of those at eight health points per second. Really, really cool. And the fact that it can heal multiple teammates at the same time and have up to 150 health makes it a pretty awesome option, not only in terms of speed and efficiency, but also the fact that it's free. It's mm -hmm. not dipping into your inventory. It's not costing anybody anything and they can heal their shields at the same time or reload or mm -hmm. loot or revive. So you have a lot of really cool options when using this tactical on top of the fact that speed wise, it's really solid. For sure. Now let's look a little bit at a case study of how fast you could heal while using this tactical over a more traditional method. So if you were to fully heal, say with a Phoenix kit, that would take 10 seconds and you would be completely exposed for that time. 10 seconds, you can't cancel it, you can't reload, you can't really dodge or use abilities, you're just sitting there popping the Phoenix. If you were to activate this tactical dock and take the health from it, it would take 12 and a half seconds in order to get full 100 health. Mm -hmm. You could also, at the same time, be deploying a battery on yourself for five seconds to get full maximum shields at 100. Now, in practice, you can do them at the same time, so you're getting fully healed in 12 and a half seconds when you were only exposed and healing yourself for five seconds. Mm -hmm. So when you're comparing this method to a traditional method of maybe using a Phoenix kit, your exposure is cut in half from mm -hmm. 10 seconds to five seconds. And that is unquestionably very, very strong. If you were to do, you know, I don't like Phoenix kits. We don't talk about them a whole lot on the show. <laughs> they have a very niche application. But if you were to do like a med kit and a battery, mm -hmm. much better. That gives you the flexibility to take a break in between. Um, but that is going to take 13 seconds. So time-wise, much less efficient, but you do have the flexibility that this tactical and battery works. But if you want to slow heal it out and do all syringes and cells, maximum flexibility, 
you're looking at 32 seconds to heal when you could be fully healed while using the tactical and a battery in just over 12 seconds. So kind of laughable at that yeah. point. Are you in the camp of the pop the tactical? If I'm only if I have full shields for whatever reason, pop tactical and hit a syringe at the same time to expedite the healing process. Where do you stand on that? Because I see it kind of as a popular question lifeline players have. I don't actually. Mm -hmm. I you know you think about early game is where you're going to feel the most amount of power um, from this tactical because you'll have the least amount of shields early on for the most part. Um, so you'll dip into health more and more. But honestly. I feel like for the majority of the game, middle and late game, you're not doing a ton of damage to your health. So mm -hmm. you really won't be sitting there doing a syringe. It's much better to just rely on the tactical, hit a battery, or even hit cells over trying to ramp up those health heals. Because honestly, the tactical is very fast. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, the only, only exception is if you finish a fight and you're just healing fast, like then feel free to yeah. do what you want to do. But these, this is, this is how you can combat, like heal in combat with this ability, which mm -hmm. is unlike other ones. And that's kind of a really key to having some success as her. Now some tips with this tactical. Use with the passive to help recover your res teammates. Mm -hmm. Really, really important that you're using the tactical before, during, after doing the passive res. Really, really important to allow them to come back, focus on their shields, which is the faster, more efficient healing item, no matter what it is, and just have their health passively regenerate. Mm -hmm. Number two, like I said at the top of this one, use it, please. It's on such a quick cooldown that you should be using it every fight as either insurance or in fight healing. You know, if you do get cracked and it, touches into your health, pop it, please. It's worth it. It doesn't slow you down. And it can also be used, you know, if you have high ground advantage, you can mm -hmm. just pop it prematurely. It lasts for 20 seconds. That's a very, very long time. Could be a nice insurance policy, especially considering that once you pop it, the cooldown already starts. So you, you don't have you a ton to lose. Yeah, if you think about those fights you've won because you were just one shot or you barely lost, this might make a little difference in that if you're actually trying to use it as an in-combat. And we take every advantage we can get with legends and their abilities in combat. And that's one of just those little ones that might maximize something. Mm -hmm. Having a very efficient healing item as an ability to some might seem kind of weird, like we said, but I think another tip is cut syringes out of your inventory entirely. You really don't need them, and they're only slowing you down. And by removing them, that allows you to carry more grenades, more ammo, more bats. So do that. I think that's a tip that you can definitely rely on in today's lifeline. Now, the next one would be drone placement. This is really important um, because Dot can no longer be moved. Um, you need to make sure that you're placing the drone behind cover so that it doesn't have to be a completely perfect fit, but you want to be able to get the most out of this item. You don't necessarily want to pop it completely in the open. When you're recovering from a fight, yes, that can be helpful, you know, by a death box while you're looting. Um, but for the most part, you want to keep this tactical behind cover. Yeah, it's quite frustrating when you're playing with the lifeline teammate, they pop their tactical and all of a sudden you're like, wait, I can't use that because I will just be out in the open. I'm going to take more damage than I'm having healed. So definitely 
make sure you're maximizing that placement. I think the the big question Lifeline players might have, though, and one that we should talk about is, do you deploy the dock before or after hitting that automatic res? Because you kind of have time to do it before as you walk up. There's a little bit of a like toss with the Lifeline red, mm. uh, drone. So there really is this room to do it before if you want to. Where do you stand on that as the Lifeline master this time around? Where I stand is in the situation that a teammate is still up and one is down, uh, or you yourself as lifeline need to heal your health. I think you should pop it first. So you pop it, maybe you heal yourself or the teammate as well. That's still up and they need to heal health. You do pop it before to get an edge up on that. If both those things aren't the case and just one teammate has gone down, I think you want to prioritize hitting the revive first and then popping the tactical. You don't get a huge delay in terms of when the healing will kick in, but getting a faster res is going to outweigh any few little microseconds or micro health points um, that are lost in between. Yeah, it's not going to make a huge difference. So definitely prioritizing the res is definitely the way I would go. And it lasts for so long, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. And so that it's still going to be there by the time your teammate is up and needs some assistance with healing as well. It's really all around just a nice ability. It's not the like it is not the old, old doctrine that really didn't used to do a ton. This thing legit heals you now. It's it's different than it used to be. That's for sure. Much faster, much more efficient. Well, last ability of the day. Let's talk about it. The ultimate, such an interesting one. It's undergone a ton of changes. People have asked for it to be removed entirely from the game in replacement of a team heal kind of ability. Um, I think we've always kind of been care package fans, and so I'm excited to talk about it today. But break this one down for us. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, Lifeline has been through two reworks, and mm-hmm. this has been an element of her kit that has not been appreciated and the community says we want it gone you know there's already supply drops you don't need more care packages cooldowns too long useless i Um, want a kraber out of it like yeah it's (laughs) definitely a lot of noise about this ultimate but honestly we are kind of fans of it you know by using ultimate accelerants you can introduce new loot items we're getting ahead of ourselves. The <laughs> ultimate is care package. Call in a drop pod full of high quality defensive gear is what it's called. And it's on a 300 second cooldown, but it takes 15 seconds for it to drop in. So essentially the true cooldown for when it starts k- ticking down is 315 seconds. Mm-hmm. Kind of hurt on that, but it's still a long ultimate. Um, Care package comes with three compartments, which guarantee an upgrade to the squad's gear or loadout if possible. One upgrade is guaranteed. So you have a lot of options. Mm -hmm. You have three teammates in most situations. So is what it is. Slot number one, you got body armor, helmet, or knockdown shield spawns. Slot number two, you can have small heals like cells, syringes, and then batteries, med kits. You also have this slot for mobile respawn beacons, heat shields, and phoenix kits. That's kind of like your consumables. And mm-hmm. then slot three is going to be weapon attachments. And this, I think, is where the care package honestly shines. Um, mm-hmm. Back in season five and six, um, 
purple armor was incredibly common. There was about a 33% chance of getting purple armor from a care package. Um, in today's care package, things are a little different in terms <laughs> of the guaranteed upgrade. Uh, a lot of times, if you do use this ultimate in the early game with ultimate accelerants or a charge tower on King's Canyon, you'll actually get blue armor if one of mm -hmm. your teammates doesn't have a piece of armor yet, um, which to me is kind of a letdown. Um, but on the other hand, you start to get the opportunity to get gold armor, gold helmets, mm -hmm. um, gold magazines, upgrades as you get more and more loot um, in the BR. So a little bit of a trade-off there. We essentially traded early game power for late game power. Yeah. We gave Loba the ability to be the early game power, Lifeline maybe a little bit more of the late game power in terms of the support loot legends. And I think they did a killer job with it because it, it sucked with Lifeline when you played her and everyone got purple armor and all of a sudden you felt like, well, now my ultimate doesn't really serve a purpose except mm -hmm. for tip number one, which I'll just let you dive right into. Yeah. The tip is that these give your position away. So you have a blue beam of light when it's called in and everybody in the game knows that there's an enemy team there. Um, and really the fact that it was balanced to be more weighted on the late game power makes a ton of sense given it's mm -hmm. cooldown. You know, it is used at the end game. So make the value there instead mm -hmm. of a disappointing early game thing if you're able to use it. But the second tip is use it, you know, Mm -hmm. This is where you're funneling your ultimate accelerants. This is the only way to introduce new purple or gold armor into the game without contesting an enemy team or a neutral supply drop. So mm -hmm. it's a pretty cool ability that we really juice up on King's Canyon. You know, we go yeah. to three charge towers and just make it rain um, because this is a pretty cool thing. You don't have to even use a Loba's black market to run mm -hmm. around placing, you know, multiple of her ultimates to cover all these POIs on King's Cannon. You can stay in one POI and yep. just rain purple rain. armor down on your team, which is really one of the most powerful items in the game. Yeah, it really is. And there's a lot of other fun little uses for it too. I mean, like you can use it to drop down and provide cover if you're on high ground that's in a pretty open spot. There's the occasional spot on the map where you can actually use it to like kind of block a door. That's not very common anymore on our newer maps, but that's more of a King's Canyon thing. And so recognizing that, yeah, maybe if you're even maxed out looted, there is still going to be a use for this potentially because cover is really valuable. It's not like the main way, obviously, that you use this. It's very situational, but we're here to master this and give you all the little tips that you know we can think of to help you win maybe a game or two, including, I don't know where you stand on this, but using the blue beam and using the care package itself to maybe try and bait a team or two during mm -hmm. the game. Everyone loves to go look for those care packages. You set up an advantageous position, you might get more loot than just in those three compartments pretty easily. Totally. It's a great strategy and one that if you can, you should, um, mm -hmm. because this is a really great way to lay some bait in Apex. Well, we touched on it a little bit, but I think we should dive into the question with Lifeline. we kind of gone through the abilities itself, but let's talk about from a class perspective, why is support strong? Because it's one that we talk about a ton. We're always like, bring more support legends to the game. It'd be really interesting. We'd love to have them. Let's talk about this a little bit and kind of lay the groundwork in a little bit more depth than we normally do, essentially. 
Yeah. I mean, Lifeline defines the support class. Lifeline and LOBA alone make up the official support class. However, a support playstyle expands to Legends' abilities that assist others on their team. This includes, but is not limited, to Bloodhound and Gibraltar. Very strong Legends. Now, what is the most important thing in Apex Legends? Big question, a lot of good answers, but what we think it comes down to is survival. Last team standing wins. <laughs> it's a battle royale. You know, what more can we say? And you can interpret survival really however you'd like. Killing enemy teams, wiping squads, ratting for the win, winning the game in general, winning 1v1s, reviving. It can all be summarized in survival. You know, however you get to the end of the Hunger Games, you know, you win regardless. Mm -hmm. Yep. But then why is support a good idea? It's pretty simple. Support legends and abilities improve your team's chance of survival. Mm -hmm. Movement is incredible. There's no question of that. Octane, Pathfinder, Dominate, Pick Rates, and no legend with mobility is in the bottom half of legends. Mm -hmm. However, movement is an ability that is risky. It can be both successful and a failure, which inherently makes it fun to use and addicting to master. Support, on the other hand, is much less flashy, yet it reinforces the most critical thing, getting you and your teammates shooting at enemies. We talk about fun a ton in Apex Legends. What is fun to play? And we always talk about movement, and these support legends truly never make their way into the game until we give the caveat of, oh, unless you actually really want to win, like then maybe you should look at playing Gibraltar. And I think that illustrates some of the power of support in of itself as a class, but how it doesn't maybe fit that like you kind of mentioned, reinforcing the less flashy play style, which isn't always the most entertaining. And it is kind of a balance of what do I want to do in my game? Well, if we are looking at winning, there are ways for support to come in handy in a very impactful way, as there is with mobility as well. But that's why you get three people on your team. And there's a lot of people out there that just want to run three mobility legends and fly around as fast as possible. And maybe that's not the way to go. Maybe you got to look at support as being quite critical. Totally. I, I definitely agree. And in the past, expanding on mobility, we've discussed flanking, you know, mm -hmm. when one legend with mobility splits off from the others to get a side angle of attack. We've said historically, that's not the greatest idea. A much better strategy is to stay close with your teammates, to concentrate fire on enemies that isolate themselves, and perform what we call the circle offense. Yeah, Lakers performed the triangle offense really well in the NBA, mm -hmm. but this is the circle offense of Apex Legends. <laughs> it's very much similar and related, but essentially what a circle offense is, is you attack and then you retreat, heal, and replace. So mm -hmm. really you're putting one person at the front, they're doing some damage. When they take any amount of damage, they're able to pull back and get replaced like the immortals, you know, in 300. <laughs> really great strategy. You know, you take turns suppressing I was not enemies. Not expecting a 300 reference today. Oh, oh. I love it. <laughs> really, you're taking turns suppressing enemies, covering mm -hmm. your teammates while they're healing, and overall maintaining pressure as well as information. You know, being able to keep eyes on enemies, see where they're moving, see what they're mm -hmm. doing is really, really valuable. 
and we love this because it's not often that you there are situations where it's like you go in oh all three of them were super close together and you're gonna take an l because of that but that doesn't happen a ton in apex if we're being completely honest people aren't as tight on one another as humanly possible and so this allows you to just keep that constant pressure keep things going maximize every legend not die and still attack in a really impactful way. And talk to me a little bit about why we think supports fit into that playstyle specifically quite well. Yeah, I mean, support legends like Lifeline or Loba may not seem like great legends, but it's an incredibly well-guarded secret that both of these legends have strong kits that make their teams so much better. Lifeline saves them heals, can recover from the worst situations, can create purple armor and gold magazines. Loba, on the other hand, can outfit teams quickly and efficiently, which we've been telling before, cannot be underrated. So Mm -hmm. elevating your team's ability to fight and survive is the most powerful thing in Apex, and support legends do that best. If you are a mobility legend main, if you are a main of a Valk or a Wraith, I'm sure you love it. When you get a lifeline or a lobe mm-hmm. on your team, because it's going to get you those guns, get you that armor, everything you need quickly help you when you do mess up in the occasional situation. Because everyone that listens to this podcast rarely ever goes down, but it happens to everyone. And overall, have some success in situations you may not have We really enjoy support legends in the game. We've been loving Loba for a while. We've both had huge lifeline main stints. And I think we're in the camp where we would love to have another support or two legend added to the game. And in a more direct way than just like they have one ability or one aspect of their ability that does have a support role. Like let's get another pure support legend in the game. It doesn't have to be another medic, but just another support legend. Support support let's talk about some team comps though for lifeline as we keep this mastering the legends going lifeline as we mentioned is support and welcomes a fit on nearly every team however her lack of individual mobility encourages a team composition of legends that can stay close to lifeline without leaving her behind and dismantling her abilities or being the team that moves her with themselves and so We have a couple comps. I'm going to rattle these off and then maybe you talk about a highlight or two. So we got Lifeline, Gibraltar, and Loba. That's kind of like the support pack, the support team. We got Lifeline, Bloodhound, and Bangalore. The double Bs plus Lifeline. This is an OG comp. We've run it a ton and really fun. We got Lifeline, Watson, and Revenant. Kind of a fun, interesting one to mix in here. We get some of that push and pull that we always talk about with the support legend and being able to attack from a defensive position with legends you normally wouldn't be able to with Revenant. And then we got Lifeline plus some sort of team mover, someone that can move Lifeline because of her lack of mobility. So like a Valk or an Octane plus then Bloodhound for that kind of in-combat advantage that Lifeline doesn't normally get. What are some of the ones that stand out to you here that you are big fans of? Obviously, we're putting all these in here because we like all of them. But if there's anything you want to touch on, feel free. Yeah, when we're trying to maximize the power of Lifeline, it's all about keeping everybody together. But you want to have legends that have abilities that do something in combat, whether it's recon or offensive or sometimes defensive when you get to Gibraltar. You don't really want to have legends like Crypto that sit back Mm -hmm. um, because Lifeline kind of wants to do that herself but she doesn't add any value there so you kind of want offensive legends without legends that get overexposed revenant is one that i like to call out here because when using the death totem 
Mm-hmm. You need healables. And sometimes this costs three med kits for the team in order to mm-hmm. use Revenant's ultimate. That's very, very expensive. Lifeline can cut that cost to zero uh, with her tactical. So it's a really nice pair right there in terms of connecting a really strong team composition. Well said. Let's talk about arenas a little bit. It's kind of a topic we don't normally do a ton on Mastering the Legends, but I think we got to talk about it with Lifeline because many would argue that that's where she truly shines is arenas over BR. Uh, well, something we always talk about with Lifeline is an ability that you are reliant on a teammate going down that limits your upside. The reality of BR in general, Apex in general, but really specifically in arenas is that knocks happen and knocks happen in a controlled environment, specifically in arenas. That's why we're going to insert the only legend in the game that can fight while reviving. And you might be able to get a revive off. You pair a lifeline with a gold bag in arenas and you have a really strong break glass in case of emergency plan to essentially be able to go into a combat with that you can't do with anyone else and because of the controlled environment that you're in where you're like i'm not worried about a third party a fourth party a grenade flying in from some other team you actually have more of a reliability to get a res off when you're like i know everyone's in front of me so i know that i don't have to worry about getting shot in the back while i'm popping a res also i know that you're like a big proponent of only res as lifeline in arenas talk to me a little bit about that yeah i frankly don't think that it's worth resing ever in mm-hmm. arenas unless you're lifeline i think even gibraltar is really really risky it's unless niche. it's a long yeah. range mm-hmm. knock just because of how intense how quick arenas are how the maps are designed to just bring both teams into the center and fight it mm-hmm. out um, lifeline is the only option if you're trying to pull off a res with other legends nine out of 10 times it's going to fail. And I Mm -hmm. think not doing that is preferable unless you're a lifeline. Yeah. And she really shines because of that. Being the only legend that can do something, that's an advantage we like to have when we make up a team comp that gets three legends on a team. Uh, When we look at the cost of her abilities and such, her tactical is going to cost 75. You have three slots for that. Get one for free at the top. Ultimate, 400. And a gold bag, which we essentially have to build into her as a must-buy, essentially, is 300 And with Lifeline, she's one of those legends I tend to, like, I tend to have her in my main comp, and I tend to play Ego because of it. And that's why I want to be able to get that gold bag early, maximize it late. And so I will prioritize that in the early rounds, especially over maybe getting some of the guns and easy dubs in the early game. Talk to me a little bit about the ultimate in arenas, though. Something we kind of experimented with. How are you feeling about it right now in its current state, though? To cut to it, I don't think you buy it. You focus <laughs> on the gold bag over the ultimate. But it's important to mention that this ultimate is changed in arenas to be unlike it is in the BR. Yep. You call it in, and you get healables in two slots, and then a random blue weapon in the third slot economically this is a really good deal Mm -hmm. blue weapons are much more expensive than 400 materials that this ultimate costs so you get a great deal on a weapon and then some extras yeah downside is takes time to call in Mm -hmm. which either holds you back or doesn't keep you focused when you're up in the fight number two it's a random weapon so Mm -hmm. i don't know would you want to go into a fight with no weapon and maybe you get a random blue re45 mm-hmm. or maybe just go with something 30, more consistent 30. yeah you don't know <laughs> so we don't recommend it but it is 
kind of a challenge to use, I think is maybe the best thing that I can say. Mm -hmm. It is kind of fun to roll the dice and get a free weapon and kind of still play eco, um, but risky. Despite that, though, she does shine in arenas. Like This is a really good environment for her, and I think a lot of people would say she's a must-pick. She's definitely in my core rotation of arenas champions, and that's something that we got to know on Mastering. Let's talk about some of the lifeline counters, though. And when we look at counters to lifeline, we predominantly look at what can effectively cancel that passive revive because that's going to be what disrupts her from helping the team in a really impactful way. So we got a couple things to talk about here. We have grenades, obviously toss a couple of those on a reviving person, and that's going to pose an issue for them in that same vein. Fuse knuckle cluster is going to really mess things up. Rev silence. We talked about at the top of the show does cancel the revive bang, Gibby caustic ults, anything that deals some damage Shout out to the Rampage. That thing counters everything right now. So we got to mention that as a strong counter. But truly being able to just fire for a very long time, high output of damage in a reviving area, that's going to really make it tough to maybe get to the downed opponent, if anything. Talk to me a little bit about Seer, though. It's something that we always have to talk about. Why doesn't Seer counter a lifeline auto res when they, you know, in turn kind of cancel abilities? That's the Seer motto, essentially. But it doesn't work on lifeline. Yeah, Seer's tactical is a disruptor. It interrupts healing, mm-hmm. so why doesn't it counter this? Um, well, to quote the designer of Seer, Travis Norden, it only interrupts player actions. At that point in Doc, it's Doc doing the res. Having it interrupt Doc raises questions about its interactions with other drones. Having it cancel if you hit the lifeline, revive, could feel disjointed. And... We were really puzzled at the beginning when Seer mm-hmm. was released, but this makes a ton of sense. It, you know, if it could cancel a heal, in theory, you might expect Seer's tactical to cancel Horizon's ultimate or yeah, cancel yeah. Crypto's EMP or the drone entirely. So it's a I think slippery it was a slope. good decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. Okay. Uh, let's wrap this up, I think conclusion little like let's talk about lifeline as a whole where do you think she stands in terms of is she an easy medium or hard difficult legend to master is she someone you'd recommend to a new player is she someone that has a high ceiling that some of these other legends are known for per se how she sliding right now outside of her kind of popularity as a legend herself i can say that support is very attractive to new players you know, mm-hmm. mobility is very difficult. Offense, you don't feel like you can compete in that space. So if you're new to the game, I gravitated towards Lifeline. I was like, mm-hmm. I think I want to be a medic while I learn the weapons and things like that. Um, but honestly, I would classify Lifeline as a hard legend to master. You know, having no mobility, having no defense, offense, it requires a ton of patience to master her abilities and play that support role. Um, mm-hmm. So I think she's a challenge and I, I don't really recommend her to new players nowadays. Um, but experienced players, if they have the patience and they're willing to support their team, yeah, Lifeline is the best at that. Yeah. A, a really, really good Lifeline player is incredible to have on your team. And she's a tough legend. And I say that because I think whoever is playing Lifeline on your team comp should be one of, if not the best, pure gun skill player on your team because you have no in combat abilities and because you're asking hey at your best i need you to win 2v1s and 3v2s and 
to do that, that's a tough ask. And that does not, that's not a situation I want to put a new player in the game. That's a situation I want to put whoever's not going to miss any shots in. Yeah. and when they play apex and so that's why i think she's kind of tough to master is in her perfect scenario you just got to be on one to get the most out of it essentially <laughs> yep absolutely true but that's remastering lifeline tons of fun uh i think uh, remastering is going to be a fun one when we dive into some of these other legends in the future and we got balancing coming up here supposedly next season as well and so we'll see maybe we'll have a couple more in the pipeline soon but with that thank you to our producer the third party 10 who supports us over on patreon subscribe and apple pods drop a follow on spotify leave a five-star review with your question we'll answer it on the next episode follow us on instagram and twitter at third party pod and check out the discord via the link in the description thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast we'll catch you next time peace hey now another squad coming in boom whole squad down Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>